everyone, it's Emily. Welcome to episode five of You Like That. This is going to be a pretty quick one just because it's coming to you a little late. Um, I've been having laptop issues all week and now I need to run and do some errands and all this stuff. So um, it's going to be a little short, but the the content is good. I have a special guest coming on to talk about the Grammys for a little bit, which will by the time this episode drops, have been a week ago, almost exactly. Uh, so we'll get to that in a second. But the first thing I wanted to talk about and address was a poll I conducted via Instagram on April 4th. Um, a very important poll to me <laughs> that stemmed from a discussion I was having with my friends Kaylee, Camille, Emily, and Christina in our group chat, um, about Macklemore being hot. Uh, I know what a lot of you are thinking because I know how you voted. And <laughs> you know what? All I'm going to say is this. I think when a lot of people think Macklemore, they still think of his 2013 era, which is fair. Like people outside of Seattle did not follow him post the heist album release and there are plenty of people in Seattle that stopped following him after that album um I have not I have watched him get married have kids he has three children he is a great dad to them at least it seems through Instagram um I've watched him give back to the Seattle arts community I actually have someone from my high school class that like knows him because she does music in Seattle um, and like he like regularly comments on her stuff when she drops music and things like that. Like he is so involved and cares so much about the Seattle community that that is just like that just contributes to it. Also, like I don't know, I don't know how you can look at him. And if you're also attracted to Drew Starkey with the buzz cut, like they're kind of similar to me. Like Macklemore looks like what I feel like Drew Starkey will look like when he's older with a buzz cut, which is great for me personally. Um, I'm wondering if that will turn any of you around. Anyway, if you're wondering the final results of the poll, unfortunately, I was beat out. Barely, though. I was kind of surprised by how close it was. Um, the final result was 53% no, 47% yes. Um, shout out to everyone who voted. There were some random voters in here that I weren't expecting. I will say a lot of the Seattle, a lot of the yes votes were Seattle people which someone brought up, but there were quite a few that weren't, including previous You Like That guest, Camille McManus, who I asked to send in a little voice note about why she thinks Macklemore is hot. So I'll play that now. Okay. So for me, it's less about, you know, his physical attractiveness, which, you know, I feel like he's attractive in generic white boy sense. Um, but it's more about the personality he exudes. And like, I don't know, the confidence. And he just seems like a really good person. Um, and I feel like he discusses really important things. Um, so I would say those to me all together make him a hot person. Yeah, 
I'm I'm just gonna really leave it at that. My mind, I don't think will ever be changed. I mean, unless of course, like some horrible allegation comes out against him, which I don't think will happen. Um, Macklemore is hot, you guys, and I think if some of you did a little more soul searching, a little more following of his current career, not like music career, just like career in general. I don't even want to get into the music part of it, though. I do think he makes good music. Um, Macklemore is hot. Macklemore. Macklemore is hot. Maybe if I say it a bunch, you'll all agree with me. Anyway, let's talk Grammys. I tweeted out earlier this week, like, hey, does anyone want to talk about the Grammys with me? And no one responded. Well, one person responded who we're about to talk about, but like, no one responded directly to the tweet. Wyatt Nunn, who's a Missouri School of Journalism freshman, DM'd me. And was like, hey, I'm really interested in this. Um, and I just have to give him a chance. And it paid off. He has some great insights. So keep on listening for my Grammys talk with Wyatt Nunn. I've brought a fellow J School student, Wyatt Nunn, on today to talk about the Grammys. He responded to my tweet asking for someone to talk about the Grammys. He was the only one to do so. And I'm kind of blindly trusting that he knows what he's talking about. Um, so Wyatt, how about you go ahead and give us a little bit of an introduction to yourself and then what are your qualifications for speaking on the Grammys like this? Um, hello, everyone. My name is Wyatt Nunn. I'm a freshman J school student, as Emily said. Um, my music qualifications have not been very out in the public, but rather something that I've kept more personal tabs on. Um, actually, if you want to go watch a podcast that was done before the Grammys doing predictions, um, that was on the Fast Five with Blaze Fields. You can find that on Spotify. But I've been keeping personal music tabs since 2017 on everything from independent, more underground music, but as well as more popular mainstream Top 40 Radio, Billboard, and of course, the Grammys, which we're here to talk about today. I'd say that the areas that I'm most well-versed in would be obviously uh, the top 40 as like the, so the big four categories and then anything revolving in the pop, rap, or R&B sphere. I can also cover country music, rock music, and then just assorted artists in different areas. So those are the qualifications I have to offer today. Awesome. That sounds sounds pretty qualified. Um, who are you some some of your favorite artists? Um, some of my favorite artists would include, in terms of the ones that were nominated, uh, I've really enjoyed Billy Eilish over the last couple of years. Really enjoy Olivia Rodrigo, Lil Nas X, um, in the more smaller categories, like I mentioned, uh, Foo Fighters. So uh, rest in peace, Taylor Hawkins, Chris Stapleton. Yes, but then if you wanna have some underground artists I'm gonna recommend to you guys Charlie Adams right now if you're looking for a new artist to fill your Billie Eilish Olivia Rodrigo type mold who's maybe not as mainstream I'd give her a listen awesome sounds great so let's get into the Grammys then um I'll be honest I mainly monitored the Grammys through like Twitter and stuff this year uh I was working and didn't really have the time to like devote full attention to watching it but was monitoring on Twitter and did watch a couple of the performances both during and then like reruns afterwards or whatever so were you watching the whole time Wyatt like what was your like viewing situation like or did you just kind of like check in on what was going on I watched the entire Grammys from start to finish I tuned in at 7 uh, 7 p.m and did not shut them off until around 10 35 when they closed out with Brothers Osborne so 
I saw the entire show and can offer up pretty much everything that happened during it. What would you say were some of the like non-award highlights of the show? Like before we get into like actual winners, like what were some of the other highlights, whether it be like performances or um, just like announcees, stuff like that? Um, I thought that the best performance of the night was courtesy of Lil Nas X. Um, he did a medley of three songs off of his album Montero, which was nominated this year. The songs he did were Dead Right Now, uh, Montero Call Me By Your Name, and then closed it out with Industry Baby with the guest verse from Jack Harlow. Uh, I thought that was by far the best performance of the night. Uh, other honorable mentions would be Billie Eilish performing Happier Than Ever, which was my song of the year in 2021, and what I really hope would take a home a Grammy this year, not to get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> and then in terms of presenters, I thought it was really cool to see Kelsey Ballerini there. Uh, I really hope that she gets nominated in the country categories or otherwise here in coming years. And then another one would be, um, can't think of their name right now, so obviously it must not be important. <laughs> but the the one event of the night that I really do want to point out is them bringing in uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky to give a speech to the general public who is watching the Grammys and pretty much just asking for their support in the conflicts that they're currently dealing with right now over in Ukraine. And I just thought that that was a very bold move from the Grammys to bring him on and talk about those issues with an American audience who maybe has not been as informed or doesn't know um, much in detail as to what's been happening with the Ukrainian-Russian conflicts. So that was by far the biggest moment of the night that stood out that didn't directly relate to music. Yeah, definitely. That was actually one of the moments that I somehow managed to catch like watching live and I was definitely shocked as well. I think it's interesting like when you think about how like the US has been trying to like inform different generations about which, what's going on in Ukraine. Like I think about the fact that like they have, there's like TikTokers who have been like briefed and trained on how to address the conflict and stuff like that, which is really interesting. Um, so I totally agree that it was like a really unique and bold way to bring more attention to the issue and what's going on to definitely a different audience. Like. I'm assuming that most people that were watching the Grammys, especially with some of these like younger nominees this year, like aren't the same people watching like CNN or NBC or all of that stuff. So that was definitely a, a really interesting um, and I think pivotal moment for sure on the serious Grammys. Another not as serious moment, but I think is interesting for going forward. Um, TikTok kind of made an appearance and like TikTokers won a Grammy this year. So Abigail Barlow and Emily Bear um, won Best Musical Theater Album for their unofficial Bridgerton musical that they made on TikTok last year. I remember watching that um, as it kind of came to be and listening to the songs and waiting for it to drop. Um, I was kind of surprised when they ended up getting the Grammy nomination because it felt maybe like a step that the Grammys wouldn't have been ready to take yet um, just because like, TikTok is a relatively new platform um, and it's still kind of like, I think finding its footing and how it like fits into like wider pop culture. So I, I'm just curious a little bit for your thoughts on that and whether you think there's the potential to see more like predominantly TikTok 
centric artists um, at the Grammys and winning Grammys in the future? Uh, no, for sure. So I'm not actually as familiar. I've not heard the unofficial Bridgerton musical, but I did see it win. And I thought that that was a very odd choice to give it to a group that uh, obviously was not on or off Broadway for that matter, but was rather a creation made through the internet as a um, fan service to uh, those who've enjoyed Bridgerton. And so I really can see the impact of TikTok coming through here soon. I mean, we look at artists like Tate McRae, who has solely expanded her audience through TikTok. We look at uh, artists in the rock sphere like Swaco, who was discovered through TikTok and is now working alongside the likes of Travis Barker and MGK, which are opportunities I would not have arisen if not for TikTok spreading that popularity. If we look to the Oscars, which happened last week, um, one of the main presenters on the red carpet was a TikToker by the name of Straw Hat Goofy, who covers movies. And he's just a normal guy from Compton who started re reviewing films on his TikTok page. And that led to him then being a presenter on the red carpet at the Oscars. And so it's only a matter of time before the same thing could happen in the music sphere and the television sphere. Uh, so it be. So, yeah, just very crazy the impact that the app has had so far and what I could see it having in the future. So then getting into the big four categories, which are best new artist, song of the year, record of the year, and album of the year. Um, obviously two of these were run one by the same song. So let's go ahead and talk about Silk Sonic's Leave the Door Open first. Um, one song of the year and record of the year. And I mean, great song. I think I was a little surprised mainly because it feels like so long ago that that song came out and I think it's some hard, sometimes difficult to conceptualize like how that this like that these award shows are going back like through a full year of content um in this case music but I mean great song I think the win was definitely justified um just was a little like surprising um what were your thoughts on that song and then like Silk Sonic's um just like vibe at the Grammys I guess gotcha um so I'm going to start off by saying most years, the Grammys are held uh, second to third week of February in that range. But this year, they were pushed back to April mm -hmm. due to COVID uh, outbreaks. So in most cases, this song wouldn't have been a full year old. But I want to say, and don't quote me on this, I believe Leave the Door Open came out April 2nd, 2021. So it was already a full year old by the time that we actually got to the Grammys. It says so, it was released March 5th, 2021. So you're about March a month 5th, off, I, close. About <laughs> a month off, but yeah. So still, in most cases, that song wouldn't have been the full year old, but this year uh, it actually was. Uh, in terms of the song's quality, I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoy Silk Sonic's vibe. It's a style of music that isn't necessarily original, but I think that Bruno, and Anderson Pock do a really good job of paying tribute to it without just seeming like copycats who are there for the cash grab. I really enjoy the flair they bring to it, how they can tie in modern lyricism with these 70s and 80s sounding R&B beats, funk beats, uh, just the way that they tie in soul music as a whole to a generation that hasn't been as connected to it, I think is really cool. So I filled out a full ballot for the Grammys and I had them taking home the award for record of the year. Uh, I didn't have them getting song of the year 
just because I don't think the lyricism on that song is as strong as some of the others in the category. But this just felt like the standard shoe and pick for record of the year. The voters are always going to gravitate to something that's more artsy, something that's paying tribute to more of their era, considering a lot of the voters are of the older generation. And they also just love Bruno. He, in the past, for both 24 Karat Magic as well as um, Unorthodox Jukebox, took home a large sum of Grammys during both of those eras. So I just saw the Academy really gravitating to this song, and it appears I was correct. As for their vibe for the evening, I loved their performance of 777. I loved all the antics they did as they danced on stage, and then uh, Anderson calling it a sweep as Bruno lit a cigarette on stage. Just very whimsical, very classy, and I very much believe that Silk Sonic earned the Grammys that they earned, or were deserving of the Grammys they won. Their their outfits were phenomenal as well. Anderson Pack's hair, crazy. It looked great. <laughs> I also saw a really cool video of them performing at one of the after parties. I can't can't remember what song they were covering, but they were covering something. And it like I was like, oh my god, the money I would pay to be in that room right now, it would be insane. Um, but just real quick before we move on, for the listeners who might not know, would you explain? what like the difference is between song of the year and record of the year? Yeah, sure. So song of the year is a award for the songwriters and it's solely based on the lyricism present in the song. Has nothing to do with the beat, has nothing to do with the production, the instrumentation, anything like that. It's 100% a songwriter award. So, So last year, 2020, it went to uh, hers, I Can't Breathe which was obviously a very impactful song from the summer of 2020 with the Black Lives Matter protests and definitely earned its spot there uh, for the 2021 Grammys. Then come 2022, her was nominated again with her song Fight For You, which had been featured in the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack. I really thought that she was going to win in back-to-back years because both those songs are very empowering, uh, very special to those who have been in the Black Lives Matter fight. Uh, I really, I really saw her getting it in two consecutive years, but I was not shocked to see Leave the Door Open get it either. As for Record of the Year, that award is based on, it takes lyricism into account, but also considers the composition, the production, the instrumentation featured, as well as just how well the artists are able to present that song in a studio and live setting. So Leave the Door Open was the easy shoe in there, in my opinion. Yeah, and both categories tend to have like a lot of overlap, like several of the um, record nominees are also song nominees. So like Brandi Carlisle's Right on Time was nominated for both, um, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish, Driver's License by, Bill, uh, by Olivia Rodrigo. Um, I think Montero was also nominated for both. Yep. So there's always overlap between the two, but okay, moving on. Uh, to Best New Artist. I don't think this one came as a shock to anyone. Uh, it was no. Rodrigo. She also won for Pop Solo Performance for Driver's License and Pop Vocal Album for Sour. Um, very reminiscent of Taylor Swift winning three Grammys back at one of her first times being nominated. Um, what did you think of Olivia winning Best New Artist? I, I know there was like some controversy in this category because Glass Animals was nominated. 
and they're not really new at all. I mean, I was listening to them my sophomore year of high school, which not to date myself, but that was 2016. So um, what did you think of her winning besides it being obvious? <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, you you hit it on the head. It was the shoe-in winner. And that seems to happen every year with uh, Best New Artists. There always seems to be uh, one that stands above the rest. But this year, more than any, was the clearest cut winner in Grammy history. I don't believe there's a single artist nominated that was going to steal it from her. That's not to detract from their quality. I think that Japanese Breakfast had one of the best albums of 2021 with Jubilee. But on the same side of that, Olivia Rodrigo's both with Driver's License being the huge number one hit that it was, and then Sour as a whole coming in as just this smashing album that really was able to integrate pop with more of a pop rock sound, bringing in a couple of pop punk elements, as well as having those strong ballads that um, both teens of now as well as the Academy can really enjoy. Olivia Rodrigo is a great presence in music. I appreciate the mention of her ties to Taylor Swift, uh, the parallels that run there. Both artists that I could see, I could see Olivia Rodrigo definitely having a similar career path to what Taylor has been through as of now. It's, yeah, Olivia was 100% deserving of that Grammy. Yeah, and I mean, like, looking at, like, the category again, like, just refreshing, like, who else was in it, because, like, I had known about the Glass Animal stuff. I mean, the Kid Laura definitely had, like, a strong 2021 year, but, like, not anywhere as strong as Olivia Rodrigo. Phineas, I think, would maybe be, like, my, like, next closest pick, just because, like, I think he's done so much for his sister as well, but I think that makes it difficult to, like, delineate exactly like it's hard it's hard because he's done so much for billy that then it's like his solo career i think gets overshadowed by that but i love his music um his album that came out last year i listen to all the time so yeah um it would have been very hard to give best new artist to an artist who already has eight grammys of his own yeah <laughs> yeah yes he, he, he wasn't gonna win it um i will say Glass Animals being nominated was rather frustrating because I can think of many other artists who broke out in 2021 who were more deserving. The one that really comes to mind to me would be Morgan Wade, who had one of the best country albums of the year, uh, signed to Sony Records, has done work with uh, members of Jason Isbell's crew, who is another Grammy darling. Uh, I really, really would have liked to see her nominated in that category, even though knowing that she would not have won with Olivia being a nominee, but I'm not going to have any complaints about Olivia Rodrigo taking home this Grammy. Definitely. And so then the last of the big four categories is obviously album of the year, which is like the biggest um, category. So I'm going to read off the nominees real quick for people who didn't know, um, but they were We Are by John Batiste, Planet Her by Doja Cat, Back of My Mind by Chris Brown. No, wait, hold on. I don't think these are in her. By her, her. yeah. This Wikipedia is showing them in alphabetical order, the people who are accredited. So that that was throwing me off. I was like, that's not yeah. a Chris Brown album. Back of My Mind by her. Uh, Happier Than Ever by Billie Eilish. Donda by Kanye. Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Justice by Justin Bieber. Montero by Lil Nas X, Evermore by Taylor Swift, and then Love for Sale, which was the Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett album. And the winner was We Are by John Batiste. So I 
I'm gonna be honest, I had never heard of John Batiste. Um, I've heard a lot of positive things since he won this Grammy um, and a lot of people kind of telling off other people on the internet who are like, oh, this dude is super random. So it seems like he has like a, a very good career and that he has a strong following. Uh, Wyatt, what did you know about John Batiste in this album? So when the nominations were announced uh, first back in November, I made an effort to go through and listen to all the albums that were nominated that I had not heard. So I got the opportunity to sit with We Are by John Batiste, who, for those of you who don't know, he is the band leader for Stephen Colbert's Late Show. Yes, as I well that. as as well as he composed the soundtrack to the Disney movie Soul that oh, came out last year. That's awesome. His, yes, those were his two projects that he'd participated in before then winning this Grammy. Uh, I really enjoyed the album. I think that it has strong cuts, particularly two songs I'd point out would be the title track, We Are, as well as, uh, it's sitting right here in front of me. Let me look at what the song title is. I can't remember off the top of my head. We Are and uh, What You Talking About. Those two songs in particular really stood out to me. But no, it's a good album. I like that it won. However, when I filled out my ballot for who I thought would win. I kind of ranked each choice from most likely to least likely. I had John Batiste at 10. I, I really thought that he had the worst odds to win the Grammy, not to discount his music, but you look at Montero, Sour, Happier Than Ever, Planet Her, Evermore. Those are albums that had such huge support behind them, not, from, not just from fans and critics, but also the music industry at large. And a lot of times, the Grammys end up going to the artists who had the best connections, who were able to kind of talk them into giving it the Grammy. The Grammys are kind of a broken system that way. It doesn't always go to the highest quality music, but rather the artists who will have the most pull for the Grammys in future years. And we'd seen that recently with Billy and Taylor Swift taking on the last two album of the years. And this situation very much reminds me of the 2019 Grammys when Casey Musgraves walked away with Best Album. Uh, that was, once again, a situation where it kind of came out of left field. She was the smallest artist nominated that year. People really did not think that she was going to be the one to take home that award. And then she did. And people got upset because they're like, oh, this is a small artist no one's heard about. The Academy just wants us listening to their indie music, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, I thought that she was deserving that year. And I think that John Batiste is deserving here. My personal pick would have been happier than ever. But at the same time, I'm not going to be upset to see a uh, Black artist win album of the year for the first time since 2008. His record's really strong. It has good cuts from it. And he's a really great individual who I'm happy to see take home five Grammys this year. Awesome. So then you mentioned he was he was number 10. That album was number 10. Um, so kind of a surprise there, um, at least in your rankings, that he won. Um, but were there any snubs? Did you feel like there were any snubs at this year's Grammys? Um, people who should have won that didn't, or even people that you thought from last year should have been nominated for certain categories and were not? Um, this one, I wouldn't necessarily say a snub, but I'm shocked that Ariana Grande didn't get uh, wasn't one of the nominees for album of the year with positions. That's not an album that that I necessarily loved per se, but in the past, the Grammys have really enjoyed her music. 
-hmm. So I just, I thought that I'd see her nominated here. In terms of snubs from the evening itself, um, I already said in this podcast, Happier Than Ever was my favorite song of last year. Mm -hmm. Like that entire, that entire album, I wouldn't necessarily call the best, but that song in particular just really gravitated to, uh, towards it personally. It's this five minute, big, strong power ballad that leads up to this explosive, bombastic conclusion. And I really wanted to see it take home an award. Either song of the year, record of the year, I wouldn't have been picky. But I, I kind of saw it not happening just because Billy has really swept the Grammys in two consecutive years now. And there was going to be some voter fatigue and people not wanting it to just seem like the Billie Eilish show once again. Mm-hmm. So, so that kind of hurt. I, I really would have liked to see her take home an award, but I'm not upset either about the people that won in those respective categories. Um, also would have liked to see Lil Nas X go home with something just because I feel like Montero was a very big album this year for people of color, for people in the LGBTQ community as well as just being a really strong pop and uh, rap album. Mm-hmm. So would have liked to see him go home with something. But otherwise, I don't believe that there are any huge snubs in any particular category. Gotcha. So kind of taking the the little Nas X mention um, and moving into this kind of like period of looking forward and what artists um, you think will be big or like should be big next year at the Grammys. Um I'll say one of my picks that I'm curious to see will get if he'll get attention or not. Jack Harlow is about to release an album in May. Um, he's had so much hype around him recently, and I kind of feel like it'll be impossible for him not to get even bigger than he is over the next year. Um, so he's someone that I'll be curious to see if he's nominated for anything um, in the fall slash winter. I guess nominations come out in like November, which is basically winter, but anyone on your list um, or artists just in general that you think people should be paying more attention to? One thing I'll note, uh, Silk Sonic's album An Evening with Silk Sonic came out in November, 2021, and it was not eligible mm-hmm. to be nominated for the 2022 Grammys. I think that they are currently the artist to beat for album of the year. Uh, because outside of Leave the Door Open, that album is chocked full of hits from 777, Smoking Out the Window, Skate, blast off that album just has so many cuts to it and we already saw they went four for four on awards this year i could very well see them doing it again as for other artists you mentioned jack harlow with come home the kids miss you i i i think the jack's goofy side could end up hurting his chances but at the same time i wouldn't be shocked to see him nominated the one man that i finally want to see get nominated for album of the year and we haven't even heard it yet give Harry Styles his recognition Duh. as of right <laughs> right as it was is currently my song of the year just from the moment that song was released I've probably listened to it about 10 times at this point if not more um that man deserves his flowers I know he was nominated for watermelon sugar in 2021 but HS1 was a modern day classic and then got no recognition whatsoever and then we had Fine Line, which had Watermelon Sugar get a little bit of hype, but then it didn't win its award. Um, he only had one performance at the 2021 Grammys. No, he opened the show and it was a good performance at that. But I really, really want to see the Grammys give Harry his flowers. It's, it's so deserved. He's had the best music of any of the One Direction uh, members so far in their solo ventures. And as of, I just really, really love As It, is, or as it Was Right Now. And I have high hopes for that album. 
And if it hits or even exceeds those high hopes, I better see it nominated. So I've yeah. said. Yeah, I I definitely think, I mean, I don't know. It, it felt like either of, like you mentioned, like HS1 or Fine Line should have been shoe-ins. So like, I hesitate to be like, oh, like this album should be, <laughs> should exactly. be a Harry's house should be a shoe-in. But I think something interesting um, that I'll be kind of curious to like learn if it's ever verified or like talked about more that I've seen several times on TikTok is that reportedly there are some like songwriting boot camp um, put on by Joni Mitchell and uh, Brandy Carlisle, I believe, or maybe Brandy Carlisle was just in attendance, but Joni Mitchell hosted it and a bunch of artists like Harry and Maggie Rogers, who also has an album coming out soon, were at this like songwriting camp and apparently it was like super revolutionary for their music styles. So I'm curious if we do get Harry's new album, Harry's House, um, when it comes out, if it's gonna be like super different than his old sound. Um, I wouldn't say as it was is like entirely different. Um, it definitely feels like it's maybe getting into a new territory, but I'm curious if like, if his sound is super revamped, if that will um, kind of push a Grammy nomination um, or push to get more attention from the Grammys. Um, we'll see, I don't know. 